This is Ryan Stegman, and you're listening to An Elegant Weapon. An Elegant Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. An Elegant Weapon for the more civilized age. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 305. My name is J.J.M. Clark, J. the Jedi, Ross, Ross, Jedi, J. And as always, it's so wonderful to have all you beautiful babies back here with me in the L5J Studios. It's good to be back. This week on the show, an old friend returns. But before I tell you about that, a few shout-outs. A shout-out to the Great Philadelphia Comic Con, happening April 27th to 29th. You all need to get your tickets and be there if you're in the Philadelphia area, because I will be there with my fellow points of interest cohorts, El Hawkes, Josh Hawks, and Francis Fernandez, the other guys. We are very proud to be returning to the Great Philadelphia Comic Con to perform duties as moderators and panel hosts, so come on out. Also, this coming Saturday... March 31st, 2018, the Gotham Central Comics and Collectibles Artist Sketch Duel Battle Royale for Charity. All proceeds are going to the Holland Bloorview Kids Rehabilitation Hospital Foundation. I will be hosting this event. Very, very proud to be serving as event guest announcer. Uh, there's going to be a crazy, crazy amount of artists there, like 32 artists or something, all in a big sketch battle royale. Uh, Sam Noir is going to be there. Joel Ose Bansu is going to be there. Marvin Law is going to be there. Mike Ruth, Shane Amato, um, so many people. Jay Fosgett, tons of folks. So like 30 artists, you should definitely be there. Gotham Central Comics and Collectibles. March 31st, that's this coming Saturday. It's going to be insane. Uh, so I mentioned that, and I mentioned the PhillyCon, and those are the big two monster things coming up. Uh, if you like the Slackers, if you've heard the Slackers on this show, it's the greatest band in the history of the world, of course. They are New York City ska, Jamaican rock and roll for you and your friends. If you dig that at all, they are going to be at the Horseshoe in Toronto, April 6th and 7th. You need to be there. On the 6th, they're going to play the entirety of Red Light. And I believe on Saturday, on the 7th, they're going to play the entirety of The Question. So, oh my goodness, you needs to be there. I cannot wait. April is going to be insane. This week on the show, we welcome back old friend Brian E. Lau. He is the creator of Staunch Ambition, one of my favorite comic books ever it is so in the classic vein of 70s sci-fi it is so uh, original it's a fantastic unique take on some old classic sci-fi tropes you're gonna hear me and brian talk all about it you need to visit the kickstarter for issue three right now go to kickstarter write in staunch ambition issue three and check it out um i have no doubt that this is gonna fund because this book is fantastic in fact i don't understand why it's not bigger than it is because it's a beautiful gorgeous fantastic book and you're gonna hear me go on and on about how much i love it while i'm talking to this week's guest brian e lau of staunch ambition please enjoy Nice. How you doing, man? I miss you. Good. It's been too long, my friend. I know. I'm like all the cons you were at, and I'm not there, and I'm like, dang it, man, I wish I could go there. Hey, you do plenty so. yourself, man, and I see you all the time yeah. at these awesome little shows that I'm like, those look like fun as well, so you get around, you know? Yeah, yeah, I get around certain areas, but uh, I'm trying to broaden it out here and there. But yeah, I'm doing about 10 this year, so. Oh, nice. More give or take, so. We're both pretty yeah. lucky that uh, in both our necks of the woods that there's so many little shows to go to. We're kind of spoiled, you know? Yeah, and they're getting better. And I mean, I was getting worried there. It's oversaturated, but they're getting better and better in certain respects. I think I have more content helps, and then. So, I don't know. It's, uh, it gets fun. But I, <laughs> I enjoyed listening to your one show today talking about 
talking about the the guy with the puppet thing. I wanted to look into that guy, but what that was a great uh, show with energy, man. So uh, with the puppet thing. Um... Yeah, the, the recent show with the guy with the. Uh, doing some kind of podcast, and then you saw him doing some puppets at a con. Oh, the puppet Rotsi. Is... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that would be Del Morgado and yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a guy who hosts uh, the Del Morgado show here on Reality Radio 101. And yeah, they 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 got these awesome little press puppets. And I was at a show once. It was the GTA con. And yeah. uh, they had a whole booth like set up, right, with like curtains and everything. That's and, pretty sweet. I wish. Uh, uh, it was one of the most fun recordings I ever did. Was talking to these puppets, man, and I took it seriously. Like my mic, I kept screwing up and putting my mic at the puppet's mouth. <laughs> but there's no actual sound coming out of the puppet's mouth. Right? Oh man, I was digging that because <laughs> I mean that's that's you. I mean that's you. You like. You well, just, I saw him recently funny. he was on a recent episode at the last gta con that i did uh right. it's uh good friend steve buckley's show and he was there and we recorded for a bit and we had a blast so i actually i, I really want to get out to his studio out there and uh, be on his show since i had him on mine so yeah uh, but yeah and if anybody wants to check out del morgado check out del morgado he does tons of awesome live facebook videos that i've been getting sucked into all the time but uh let's uh, let's get into it kids uh my guest tonight is a is a very good friend of the show we met a couple years ago at motor city comic-con uh he's a resident of michigan um he's a creator he's a writer his name is brian lau brian it is so awesome to have you back my friend yes man honor's mine i'm glad to be back uh, it's, uh, you're here because of your book, which I met you and saw your book, and to this day is one of my favorite independent comic books on the circuit. Uh, I plug this book as much as I possibly can. I love this book from top to bottom, everything about it. Um, I get really excited about it, and I'm very, very excited that you just launched the Kickstarter for issue three, but the book is called Staunch Ambition. And uh, if anybody's not familiar, they need to get on this train. So congratulations on launch, uh, launching the Kickstarter. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm like, issue three is magic. I don't know. It's uh, the stars have aligned in so many ways. And <laughs> as you know, being independent and you talk to so many creators, whether podcasts or comics, um, whatever they're doing, it's a grind. It's, it's a grind, man. And but when the stars start to align on some things, then it's reassuring. You know, I get feedback from, you know, fans like you and that just fills the tank. And then, um, you know, I had a couple songs for the book that I use in my trailers and I send them to people who buy right, the book. Right. And, and, and it's original music for the book. Well, now I've got two brand new industrial techno songs that I wasn't looking to get more music, but, it, you know, I, I connected with Silver Meow and he does industrial techno, and it's perfect for it. So you, if you go to the Kickstarter, in fact, maybe you, you know, I don't know if you want to splice in some of the music in the podcast, but absolutely, it just, it just charges and and it's perfect for the sci-fi. I love this kind of music. So, um, and that's on top of getting Clayton Crane to do my cover, who I, I met him uh, one time before. I think I might have just had a preview issue out. And I'm a huge fan of him. In fact, when I was going to do my book, I went to uh, Chris Brown's store, Comics and More. Yes, yes. I, I, I know you know him, actually. So. Absolutely. And I was, like, talking to him about, well, what's some good sci-fi, you know, uh, books to look at? And, and we were going through some, and I uh, saw Rye there, Valent, which uh, he does covers and interiors, picked up the issue. And, and, and I was studying and just became, fell in love with Clayton's work. The guy's magnificent. He's known for doing Venom and uh, you know Spider-Man right yeah, yeah. now. Um, I, but his he's magnificent. And so I think I asked him when I had a preview issue if he would do my cover, and he he uh, he's like putting awesome. But then at Monroe Comic Con this last year, uh, I knew he was going to be there. So I'm like, you know what it's like when I'm like we're we're still kids in certain sense, but. It's like every day I'm thinking about Christmas, you know, like yeah. a kid. You know, I'm thinking, I'm imagining what what I'm gonna say to him, and if I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to get him to do my cover. And uh, so he said, yeah, he would. So now 
I'm you gotta starting to shoot share. for it, man. You never oh, know. Man. You gotta shoot for it. It's uh, that's how things happen. You know, it's how dreams come true. What's the worst someone can say is no. So you kind of gotta ask, you know. Right. And uh, I really appreciate you because you're you're out of that uh, typical Michigan style of grinding. Like uh, you're out there, you know, hand to mouth getting that book out there, and uh, so deservedly so. The book needs to be out there. Let's start uh let's pull back let's uh tell the people what the book is actually about give them your pitch uh well the idea it's a supernatural sci-fi uh genre the idea is supposed to be like it could happen in our future is the concept so the idea is you know we had the enlightenment and the scientific age and and you know we're living in the advanced or technology uh, at this state what if technology just continues to advance in our future and through advanced technology, we enter into the supernatural realm is kind of the uh, the overall concept right. that the story uh, is about. But then, of course, within the context, that context is driven by the characters within the story. So um, I have a you know, one of the main characters is Azurus. And, and the idea is in the future, you got these genetically engineered worker clones that are spliced between human and animal DNA and um they make these uh, clones with no sexual organs and a limited self-awareness, you know, and then you get into some of this classic sci-fi with, uh, you know, this kind of uh, becoming self-aware. But not so much just AI becoming, you know, self-aware, but, you know, gets into questions of what does it mean to be human or animal or right. um, to be male or female. Because without sexual organs and being spliced and all this genetic engineering, you know, technology is going to unfold these kinds of questions on us. So that's some of the stuff I think I'm going to play with with this character. And then um, I've got a, another genetically engineered clone called uh, Rod and is nicknamed Nimrod. <laughs> and he he entered he just as you know in issue one he just kind of has the shit hits the fan when he enters the scene so um he gets into a little bit of the uh the title which is staunch ambition is based upon staunch industries in my book is this advanced technology corporate one of the leading uh, uh industries for certain kind of technology you know space travel to energy and um uh, Nimrod kind of gets into, you know, figuring out some of the behind the scenes going on with his company. And then uh, Riel is another main character. She's a female uh, lead uh, commander on the space station, which is the Ambition, built by Staunch Industries, thus the name Staunch Ambition. And then um, you can see in my title the word station on an angle. So that all ties right. together. But yeah, uh, Riel, I want to get into her kind of, you know, personal story too there's uh, issue three um i'm really excited about because i'm starting to get into them as characters you know the first two issues are kind of setting up the universe and you know certain kind of action well, the first two issues are a beautiful build-up your your pace is really comfortable and you know I like to preface the talks that you and I have about staunch ambition by letting the kids know that this is classic sci-fi. You know what I mean? This is like right. in that in the in the vein of that, you know, 70s, early 80s classic science fiction. Not big flashy space wars or space operas. This is, you know, this is this is a thinking man's science fiction, and mm. I, I like the way how you describe it as, you know, getting to the point of starting technology, starting to hit that supernatural point, because one of the coolest things about this buildup and the pace is that you get this feeling of natural evolution within the machines. You know how a lot of tropes are... Uh, right. in AI is how the it becomes self-aware and then the robots always seem to be conscious of making each other and conscious right. of building each other and you know right. just start you know getting you know calculating their way to, to... Terminator style Terminator yeah totally style, right? but the yeah. great thing about you is is your machines are almost as spiritually clueless as us humans are now in the regard <laughs> in the regards that we don't know what comes after Right. Where where a lot of other science fiction gives the impression that the machines know what's happening now and they have a plan, 
right? And we're going to follow, yeah. the, you know, the machines have a plan and they will take over and they will right. know how to make society perfect. Your your technology and your AI, it gets to a point where even though it's trying to, you know, figure things out scientifically itself in the, you know, in the on the level that it is or the plane of existence, there's still a lot that it doesn't know. You know, it's a feeling right. of organic evolution within the technology itself, which I think is something that your book is in your book, at least is a very different than the usual science fiction trope of AI, you know? So, cause, cause admittedly there's a lot of, you know, classic tropes to when you describe the book, like you just did. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. but, it doesn't come off like that in any way. It's, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm not afraid of that, even though yeah. it, I, I do realize like, oh, well, you, you look at so many great movies or, or books uh, like Blade Runner or, or Terminator or, you know, all the it, it's obviously a uh, uh, important theme in technology advancing. And being that I'm trying to write something that might actually I mean, it's obviously <laughs> science fiction, right? But yeah. the idea is that inspires me with my ideas is what could possibly happen. And so I believe in the supernatural. So I, 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 I'm very influenced by all kinds of, you know, theology or philosophy. And then I love sci-fi. So the idea of things like, uh, you know, sleep and where it might go in the future, as far as, uh, you know, if we figure out more scientifically what happens when we sleep and then maybe they start to, um, uh, they start to, uh, build machines where we can regenerate and connect up to it at night. And, uh, you don't have to sleep eight hours. Maybe you can get, you know, eight hours of sleep in four hours. And then, you know, women aren't given birth to children naturally and sex is no longer uh, needed for procreation and people maybe large sex of people don't even have sex for pleasure because there's this all kinds of who knows what kind of augmented or or virtual reality where you get the same you're connected into stuff that can make you feel the pleasures you feel through right you know i mean i mean these kinds of things are intriguing and and you wonder like what are the moral implications if um what is the reason we do sleep? Maybe there's a reason we need to sleep. So these are like some of the themes. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you could write about and go into. So some of the stuff is just in my universe and it's kind of like the way they talk and it's not, you know, explained in depth, but, uh, it's, uh, depend, you know, and, and some of it is, uh, I'm going to get into on the uh, implications of it. So, right, right. Well, um, speaking of your exposition, it's another thing I loved about the book is, you're constantly learning and explaining things through the dialogue that's happening, but it doesn't feel like movie style oh, exposition. Do you know I what hate, I, mean? I yeah. hate spoon feeding. And of course there's times, yeah. what's, what's the technical term in a movie where, uh, it's, uh, you know, the, uh, what is that lion space balls where, uh, Rick Moranis and them are at the machine and, and he's like, uh, you got that. He looks in the camera, like, and that whole dialogue was exposition, right? Right. Yeah. Is that, you know, the point was it just to get the audience up to speed. And of course yeah. you could do that tactfully, but it, it, it warms my heart, man, when you, you point this out because I really try to make sure I'm not spoon feeding anything. Oh, you're so not. That's what I meant by it's a thinking man sci-fi. It's like those old school sci-fi novels where you have to pay attention and you have to be figuring stuff out as you're reading along because this is a book that doesn't have, well, it kind of does, you know, after, because I don't want I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil these books, kids. Because they lead you know right one into another. Um, until the end of the first book, there's no real clear protagonist or antagonist. Uh, that's what I meant by the pace. The pace is a beautiful setup in the first book. Not tons of action. A lot of displaying uh, in your subtle you know uh, expletive way. It, and then not till the very end are we like, oh, OK, here's where the story really begins. Like you think you're reading a story all the way through the issue, but really the, the story doesn't begin at all till the end of the first issue. And you realize, oh, OK, this is going to be the plot. So all right. You, the meat, meat. Yeah. Yeah. I like to start with the dessert. No, I'm kidding. No, no. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> no, but you're starting with you starting with a salad and then you go yeah, into yeah, the yeah. Uh, meat. Yeah toward the yeah. end but i don't know maybe I, I tried to do that i tried to do something where you're just like 
it starts out on a space station. I'll put it this way. I, I, I spent time thinking about if you like day in and day out worked on this. And one of the reveals is not action, but it's a double page spread of where is this space station? You know, that's right. to me, I wanted that to be a reveal. I, 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 in some of my things, I say that the space station is in the most hostile environment known to mankind, which is, I think, true. And so um, that was kind of like fascinating to me. And so I kind of wanted to get into the mentality of if we actually lived on a space station day in and day out, what would it be like? What would be something that can convey like this is a job to these people and and they're on a space station. But yet for us. We are like, wow, this is pretty, you know, different. You know? Right, right. Well, here's the thing. Also, is that it doesn't feel as in near future as most science fiction. This story seems way far ahead. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, not getting I don't know when this happens. I, you know, a lot of people right. that put numbers on it, and I'm like, forget that. <laughs> I wouldn't want you to put a number on it because that adds to the mysticism and the curiosity of right. the situation they're in, as far as their own evolution and. You know, weird stuff starts happening with jumping bodies and, you know, whole other planes and levels of existence. So I love the fact that it feels so far in the future that you have no idea how far in the future it actually is. You yeah, know? that's a little scary to do that at times because it's like how it's hard to imagine, you know, you know, I mean, we we you can't comprehend how things are going to be, you know, if you look at how people thought the future would be, um, it, it, you know, it's kind of funny. Like they thought there would be flying cars by now, all that kind of stuff. Right, it's right, fun. Right, and I mean, right. we're getting to where we're having self-driving cars, so not that far off maybe, but, but, uh, but at the same time, um, yeah, it's fun, man. It, and I definitely don't want to put a time period on where we're at. Um, I want to, you know, kind of, you know, leave that be because it's funny when you look at these old sci-fi and it's like they actually have a date on it and yeah, you compare yeah. it to the actual time period. And yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. Nah, it's, yeah. You don't it want somebody, loses it. Yeah. It loses the flavor. Yeah, you don't want somebody reading your comic in a hundred years and being like, "It's not like that at all right now." Holy crap! <laughs> okay, <laughs> so I hope we've done a good thing to dispel, uh, you know, any kind of cliches that might come out of the tropes uh that are used in this uh in this comic book because it's all very original kids everything you've done has a very very special touch to it well, thank you thank uh, and and it's really it's weird because you've you've one of your talents is not just you know being a talented writer and having created this amazing story but uh the team you've put together the talent yeah. that you've spotted uh, you've melded together this wonderful soup of talent into where it's not only uh, an amazing story, a well-written book, a smart book, but it is one of the most stunningly beautiful comic books out there. And oh, uh, that yeah, sounds yeah, like I was going to mention that. I, I was going to tie. What's that? Yeah, I, I, my, I, I'm not exaggerating. Like this book is incredibly beautiful, and people need to see it. So, in fact, oh. there'll be art up on the web page, and go to the Kickstarter to see the new art because it's 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 all crazy. It's it's absolutely nuts. So, I'm I'm yeah I'm wanting this the production on this book to be as uh, as high as possible, and it's it's not easy to do. It's not cheap. <laughs> but I'm not going to do all this and not do something, you know, that I'm not, you know, I'm hoping to be proud of it, you know, 20 years from now. And, but I did want to tie a couple things into this. Uh, one, two things I wanted to mention as part of what we already discussed is music actually ties in to the story to a degree too. So it's cool to have the music coinciding with it, some actual real original music. But then talking about building a sci-fi universe uh, gets me to one of my, uh, I had a, um, um, co-writer, John McNichol for the first two issues, but, uh, he, he has like nine kids and then his, uh, <laughs> his, his wife had a stroke. Oh, we're sorry and, to hear and, that. and yeah, yeah, of course. And there are, you know, he, he's like our age, him and his wife. And, and so he was dealing with a lot of that stuff and he, and him and I were working really well together, but it's just a lot on his plate as you can imagine. And so, um, but he contributed a lot. I was very anxious and a little nervous, apprehensive to go into writing because I'm not like, you know, I haven't studied or, you know, I'm not a writer by trade or anything. 
So I thought, well, and then doing a sci-fi universe is, you know, it takes work. So I thought having a co-writer would be a big help, right? So then I picked up uh, an editor, Leah Letterman, who um, she uh, edits for Dirk Manning and uh, several other people. And I heard her yeah, on yeah. Uh, I heard her on Comic Pros and Cons. Right. And so I started looking into her. I hit her up. I'm like, okay, she's impressive, and she obviously knows what she's doing. So I hit her up to be my editor. But then um, after hearing her interview and how she thought and spoke, and then I she had like a YouTube video, really poor quality, but she gave like a speech, and I could you know hear everything she said. It just wasn't great quality. But but what she, how she presented herself and what she was saying was just so impressive to me. I thought, you know what, I'm gonna ask her to co-write you know jump in here and, and give really some... yeah so she's premiering her co-writing i think on any comic book ever um with my issue three here so she that's wrote... awesome man yes yeah she's so she's coming into it and starting to you know get a feel for it and on and editing it so i get that female perspective one of my main characters is uh real female, a female. Yeah. So yeah yeah that's nice fantastic. to have that i get she's she's very intelligent and it helps when you get somebody who you know is well read to kind of throw in yeah. stuff you know and i um, take it she must have enjoyed the first two issues i yeah i was really nervous i was i, I am the worst at grammar this is a <laughs> you know if you can imagine i can't spell for shit i <laughs> my grammar is horrific but I'm an artist, and I like to tell stories. So you can see a little bit of my apprehension to coming into writing, even a comic book. So then when I'm, like, uh, picking her up as an editor, and then I'm just thinking, like, at first, like, she's just going to tear into me, man, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so so she's, been, she's been great. And uh, so that's a big help with the writing. But then you were talking about the art. So I have to give a shout-out. I, I was working with Tyler Thaw. And he's big into the concept art for video games, but he kind of he kind of like well, took off you know to, you know to go do video games and focus right. on that. He wants to break into movies and all that. So it was an honor to work with him, and I was working with Irwin and Neil Anderson. So Irwin's my penciler, and he's done some colors for me. He did the variant cover to issue two, and he did the beginning sequence in issue one full pencils and colors because it's. I wanted it to start out with a slightly different style right. because it's a dream sequence. But then um, Neil Anderson and Irwin are working together on most of the book, doing uh, Irwin doing the pencils. And, oh, my gosh, if you check Irwin's work out, he, he does uh, a black and white book called Grenadon. And okay. it's all like, uh, you know, um, what's that popular uh, uh, HBO series with uh, Game of Thrones? It's okay. all like uh, medieval time type stuff like that. Um, and it's gorgeous. So Irwin's work doesn't even get colored in that. And, and you, you can see his detail that he does for us. And then Neil Anderson's doing the colors for our book. And, dude, issue three is met. Ish, like, <laughs> like I can't wait, man. I can't wait. I know. I can't wait to share it. No, I'm just, just so happy that I also can't wait to continue the story. Because oftentimes you'll find a comic and the art is off the chain and the story just does not do yes, it justice me all the time. and thank the lord in hell that you know staunch ambition is that way because you know you're in a line of sci-fi comics that are making a real uh real run these days you know there's it's my favorite genre uh, i absolutely love that there's this certain retro throwback going on right now uh, where it's a lot of painted comics. Uh, yes. It's a lot of very deep, rich styles that are in these books. You know, Neon Black is a great example. Oh, yeah, I got to get that. I got to get that. Oh, dude, I'll bring one out to you. I'm going to see you yes. at Motor City Comic Con, correct? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, remind me, though, too, and I will bring you uh, – there's two issues of Neon Black by okay. uh, Kevin Briones and Paul Imbianco. And uh, that's a stunning comic. And, of course, I know you're familiar with some of the stuff that Source Point's doing yes. with, uh, like, Nora and uh, Sean Seal and uh, Kelly, uh, Kelly Nemzek, Kelly O'Hara Nemzek will be taking over for the next volume of uh, Nora with Casey oh, really? Pierce. Yes, and she's a painter as well. So I absolutely love to see this trend. And, uh, you know, and when, you, when you're putting out quality work like this, it's great. 
So, uh, Kickstarter. Let's talk some Kickstarter. Mm. Yes, uh, I've been give working me, my tail Give me some it. detail. You just launched this last night, yes. Oh, yeah. I've been up till 2.30 2 in the morning, 2 in the morning in the last few days. And uh, nice. it's... Uh, this just to get everything in line and it's it's not ending anytime soon that i can see but um this is what it's all about i'm independent this is a grassroots independent book and <laughs> to get to get this book the, the only way i can do this book printing uh, kickstarters for printing issue three and for the production of issue four i've had uh, two kickstarters so far and uh so far so good so this Kickstarter is, uh, let's see, what can I say? Uh, I mean, it's, you could go to the Kickstarter and check out the trailer. You can hear some of the music, uh, new original music in the Kickstarter. Um, I'm offering exclusives in my Kickstarter. This is, this is, I think, huge. Uh, anybody who supports my Kickstarter, I want them to get something no one else can get. So I'm running out of uh, the exclusives issue number one. Right. The exclusives issue number two, they're limited, they're numbered, they're signed, and they're variant covered. So I'm, I've am i got some early bird specials as well. So, yeah. um, so I have two covers to issue three in particular. The, there's the standard Clayton Crane cover, and then there's an alternate reality of Clayton Crane's cover. And that's a limited numbered, and uh, th- that comes with a print. Of the alternate reality version. Oh, beautiful, beautiful! Which the print is also limited in number. So I wanted to give a little extra with this uh, issue three, and I just couldn't get enough of Clayton. Um, <laughs> so and and yeah, there's T-shirts and there's the music. I got the four songs. Uh, so different reward tiers, and so I I tried to put together some reward tiers that offered the basic stuff that everybody you know a lot of people would like, like the digital downloads to the all four books and then right. all seven books because if you get the standard books with the exclusive covers um so i tried to give a variation you could be uh, i already sold okay last kickstarter someone bought it was it's badass man someone bought the <laughs> uh the reward tier to become a character oh man okay. and so all you can see right now is his face because I'm not giving up what's happening to this guy. Right. But what's happening to this guy is pretty freaking badass. Oh, you had a contest for that too, remember? I remember you did that. You put up that picture oh, we... and you're like, caption this, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, that was uh, that was related to it. Something where okay. you could uh, you could like win some original art, and then yeah. I was I think I yeah I can't remember exactly how that contest went. But that was the picture we're talking about. Yes. I think so. I think yeah, so. Yeah. 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 Okay. Good. I but, love that you have uh, this really simple start to your tiers. For two dollars, you get the digital preview book zero and a song. Right. And that's pretty good for two bucks, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I think the song's you know worth the two bucks in and of itself. But you get both, you know, both of those. Um, and then you can get all ten books or ten books. <laughs> you can get all all the books for ten dollars. Shit, know, man! You've given you've got like <laughs> look at the <laughs> you got a lot of tears. <laughs> I do. I this I have is the never problem. seen this a is Kickstarter the with this many tears. You've got like you go from twenty bucks to twenty three bucks to. Well, that's a, those are early bird specials, 25? the 23s. Oh, okay. That's so cool. those are like, okay, that's the $25 tier, but if you come in early, you know, Kickstarters have to start, have to have a good start. Yeah, you, you know? went off the job. And I, sure. you know, the early bird special is a way to look, you know, don't drag your freaking feet, you know, please, you know, uh, this is so important. Like, you know, I can, I sympathize with, you know, oh, I'll get to that, you know, everybody's busy. Right. But Kickstarters have got to have a good start. You know, it's all about the momentum. So there's a couple early bird specials. But I I, ha- I have to have uh, variations of tiers because I have the exclusives and then I have the standard issues. And then I have some of the standard issues signed by Freddie Williams and Koi Fan, and I'm running out of those. So I'm <laughs> offering some of those. I got, you know, so it's 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 like calculus, man, trying to figure out, you know, what and how to put all of them together but but the thing that the guy um bought last time was to have his uh be a character in the book and i have i'm offering two of those this time and i've already sold one of those so really how much are those going for where are they at that's a 200 dollars tier so 200 you get all the books too you get all the exclusives you get all the standards you get the prints so um and uh we did a damn good job on uh caleb 
Um, Caleb bought the uh, issue three, and man, he's he's gonna love what it, what's happening. You can That's scroll great. down and see his face in three different or four different panels, I think. So. That's always but, a fun one, man. Being able to have those Easter eggs, especially within the communities or people you know, you know, it's always fun. Elegant, an elegant weapon has been uh, has popped up in a couple comics as an Easter egg, and that Ooh. always makes me absolutely tickled pink to see it you know so oh my gosh it's such a grind doing the book but i i need to do i need to do something like that i need to throw something in there of you or or something i'll do something i'll have to oh, we'll I'll figure try something to, out yeah i gotta try to do that my but, mug uh, always ends up everywhere at some point so you well know. you got you, know, you got a mug I, that's worthy you got a mug that's worthy I of don't good know characterization why people love yeah that's i hear that all the time mm. people are artists are always saying oh man you got great character and i'm like really you know, I think maybe I look like an anime character with sideburns yeah. and an Applejack hat because I got like this round head with these big eyes, these long eyelashes, and then the cap and the and the chops, and I don't know, but people love to draw it, and I don't mind at all. You know, in fact, I've decided that from now on, when I get commissions from artists, mm-hmm. they'll, they're just gonna be of me. Because <laughs> yeah. why not? Yeah. It may seem it may seem you know like conceited or something or arrogant or, but whatever yeah. man don't you love seeing yourself drawn by what, what do you, hey hey what do you what do you what do you, what do you want to draw man you want me to draw batman you want me to draw spider-man superman <laughs> daredevil uh me yeah just no just me is good thanks me you uh, need to take oh. a picture do you have reference yeah you got a camera <laughs> no yeah it's cool i i know what was it fosgate did your logo and uh that's just badass man that is awesome because that's a style that jay doesn't get to use often that's his like 50s retro style and he's absolutely brilliant at it and he's done a couple pl- uh posters for some plays um mm-hmm. and stuff and uh that's how i knew he could do it it was a couple of old plays that he had made posters oh. for and he did it in that style. And I was like, oh, my God, I absolutely love this. I didn't know you could do this. And he's like, yeah, I can do this. So I absolutely went to Jay <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> got him to do our logo. Thank you again, Jay, for kicking yeah. ass on it, too. So Nailed it. You know, I don't think it could be any better. Oh, no, it's fantastic. And uh, at Windsor recently at Action, uh, Jim Anderson uh, drew mm. me. And he's a friend of Jay's, the cartoonist, yeah? Yeah. Oh man, he drew, he just draws in pencil crayon, which is unbelievable. And he only uses like five colors and he always starts with orange, which is crazy. But he's this nutty, nutty, talented wow. cartoonist. His book is, I want to get it right, Ellie on Planet X. If anybody hmm. wants to check it out. Yeah, but he drew me and it's one, it's, oh, it's such a stunning picture. Like, you know, beyond the bias that it's me. It's just an, <laughs> an amazingly drawn cartoon, you know. So yeah, I, okay. So uh, yeah, you wait until you get the day where someone draws you and and you you want to you know, tear it in half. <laughs> That's not me. <laughs> so you at home these days? Or are you still state hopping? Uh, I'm back in Michigan, man. So you're just yeah. there all day, every day now. I got now? a great job back in Michigan as far as my day job goes. So That's awesome. Yeah, I was in Ohio for a couple of years, but uh, yeah, back in Michigan, man. So. Oh, that's fantastic. And Motor yeah. City Comic Con is coming up. Are uh, you tabling? This, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. this is the thing, man. The Kickstarter is to pay for the printing of issue three, and I want to get that sent off to the printer before I do space in Ohio and before Motor City. I definitely want to have this issue three. Are you kidding? Um, you think you can do that? Yeah. Well, the book, some, the book, I don't do my Kickstarters to do the book I'm working on. This is, this Kickstarter is for the issue four. So issue three, I just got the final page penciled today. Oh. So I've been lettering it. I gotta get my ass back on the book because I've been working my ass. If you go to my Kickstarter, you, I don't know if it's self-evident. But I, I put a lot of work into it. It's, I like I, I make it hard for myself. So like oh, I gotta have I gotta obvious. have amazing video. I, I mean I try to. But then instead of just having a cover, I go into Photoshop and I separate it all out and I make an animated. If you go to the, if you scroll from the top to the first time you see Clayton's cover, right. you'll notice that it's animated. You know, it's an animated GIF. 
you know, and that takes time to do that. But I'm just like, I'm just like, you know what? I want it, so I'm gonna spend the time. I hear to do you, that. man. So. I, I I hear you. Sleepless nights on YouTube, watching yeah. tutorials how to learn to do stupid shit like make or, a banner move because it looks so much cooler. Or it's like the tenth time you watch it because it's like, oh, I haven't done this in like five months. How do I do that again? <laughs> but, uh, That's awesome. Okay, so issue three's Kickstarter. Uh, you are looking at a goal of $5,000. Currently, you're sitting at 444 from 16 backers. Now, that is pretty much right in the middle of issue one, which, uh, you, uh, had a goal of 6,570. Uh, and you beat that goal. So that was a fully funded campaign. And then you dropped down a bit. You went for 4,500. On the second Kickstarter, and uh, right. you of course conquered that. Uh, so now you're sitting right in the middle. We're looking for five thousand bucks, kids, uh, and that's to get the uh, issue three of this amazing comic printed and out there. <clears throat> so that's pretty good. That means people enjoyed it before, and will probably want to continue with the story. Have you felt a lot of excitement? Yeah, yeah, I get a lot of a lot of good feedback from the people. You know, it's uh um. The marketing aspect is is something that I'm, you know, trial and error and learning. But getting out there personal with the people at the cons and I'm getting used to it a little bit more. But, man, it was weird when I would get people coming back the next year and they're like, oh, I want the next issue. And I'm like, that was new to me. So I'm, I'm getting a little more used to that. And that's uh, that's well, it's, that's it's just... why I, I have a lot of respect for you in that regard, Brian, because you're not Mr. Show Guy. You're not, you know, a super extroverted person. Not that you're introverted. You've got plenty to say. We have long, wonderful conversations. Right. I love to uh, As everyone can tell, yeah, you have no problem talking to people. But you're not like, uh, you know, you're not out there carnival barking. You're not a, a super flashy, showy individual. You're not one of the Dirk Mannings of the world. And, <laughs> Dirk, and, he's, and, he's a character. You know, but that's, that's just it. not you. He's got that down. And that's not – I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm just saying you're you. And when I see you out there pushing your comfort levels and, you know, you know, just – you have this drive of wanting to reach this goal that, you know, some discomfort is not going to get in your way. And it's one thing I respect about watching you go through the grind, you know, because – like you say, you're not used to a lot of stuff, and it's constantly new for you. And I, I think you handle it wonderfully, you know. So. Well, I, I, I wonder, like, you know, I'm always trying to research, you know, and trying to look at maybe I should try this or try that. And so, should I do live Facebook posts, you know, more often, or should you know? I see other people do certain things, and it seems to work. But I'm just like, I, you know, I don't. It's like what do I really have to say? And it's like, I guess I could <laughs> kind of come in. I mean, I, there's a lot I've learned and I love to teach, you know, it's what I always sure. wind up doing at my day job is I come in, you know, I'm, I've been at this new job for a year and a half and, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, building stuff, I'm building the new formats and all the stuff that, you know, how we do everything there. Right. And it's sorely needed there. But so I'm like, I, it's kind of weird. You know, I've been doing it for so long, but I'm new at this place. So I'm going around telling everybody how to do, hey, right, we'll right. do this. We're going to do it that way. And yeah, yeah. but yeah, I yeah. love it. But at the same time, it's like, uh, uh, I think I'm getting to the point now that I got this issue three stars are aligning and all that. I feel a little bit more like I got maybe some that kind of insight to offer, but. Sure. Well, I'm sure you've learned a ton along the way. Like, mm. this is not just some thrown together comic book. For your first comic book, this is your first comic book, yes? Oh, yeah. Well, I did a couple. Unless I did a, there's I, something I, I'm not aware of. Well, I, when I was young, I did a couple, co you know, colored a couple covers for some independent uh, books, you know, Ethan Van Schieffer came from. And um, it was, uh, that was about it. And then, I, you know, I got married, had kids, and, you know, it was right. like, just kind of got the uh, day job going so uh, then i was like yeah let's do this book this is not a book that looks like a first time book this doesn't read or feel or come off in any way as a first time book so you went you went right you were, basically you were like if i'm going to do this i'm going to do it right and uh it's something you definitely achieved so you know oh, thank congratulations you, yeah. on that front yeah 
Yeah. Thanks. So Motor City Comic Con. Oh man. Lau will be there. Uh, it's my my favorite show of the year, flat out. And others are very close. Uh, I'm you know others are as important to me, mm-hmm. but just flat out fun wise. Right. There's no more fun to be had at a show than Motor City Comic Con. It's the most positive vibe. And I'm always careful when I'm saying these things because I don't want to, you know, in <laughs> any way detract from some of the other incredible shows that I am a part of, like the great Philadelphia Comic Con. Oh, yeah. Right? Happening at the end of April. I want to do that one. So why didn't you do that one? Well, I, I'm a, I got to hook up, uh, you know, a table ahead of time and then figure out room and board. So like, if I can do that, then I'm, I'm able to do that. You should have been on that. So next year we will Mm -hmm. make sure that you're aware in time because I'm sure the wonderful Stan Kanopka would love to have you out to the great. Oh, when is the Philadelphia comic con? April 27th, 28th, 29th. Yeah. I might've been uh, that one. One of the cons that I wanted to do that you were doing was uh, a conflict with one. I had just signed up with and I was like, Oh shit. So, I'm doing space, uh, space in Columbus, which is all independent. It's all comic, only comic books, and right, it's free right. admission for people to get in. So it's really good. Oh, that's crazy! Um, next time before you book a convention, your number one thing to look at first is will Jay Clark be there? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm gonna do more with you, so I want to do this one. I want to do the, uh, um, uh, where's it again? Uh, the one you're hosting again? Where's that again? What Philly? Philly? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But so, uh, uh, but either way, you will be at Motor City, so I'm looking forward to seeing you there. We'll have to get you up to Canada sometime too. I know. I was looking into doing that too, so uh, maybe next year. You know, I, I, yeah, yeah. definitely. I want to trek out there, but um, I'm getting to the point where it's 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 more advantageous for me to go even farther with uh, having more content. So yeah. So have you ever been out here? Uh, not for a con, but, you know, I've been to Toronto for concerts, you know, I've been to Toronto for, you know, just fun. But Really? You came all the way to Toronto for a concert? Oh, yeah, yeah. The Verve, you, you know who the Verve is? You yeah. Know Bittersweet Symphony? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Well, they were broke up for 10 years, and they're like, they're like, you know, for me, like the greatest groups in the world, like the Who or the Beatles or, the Verve is like a modern day Who to me. Oh, Okay. You know, and 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 they sure. didn't have a ton of radio success, but if you get into their albums, it's just genius. But they were broke up for ten years, and I got into them when they were broke up. So Richard Ashcroft, Lee Seeger, was off doing his own solo stuff, and that was right. I was into that, but no Verve. All of a sudden, the freaking Verve's getting back together. They do an album, amazing album, and then they're touring. And the closest they were was, I think, either Chicago or Toronto. So. You bet your ass I drove out there. <laughs> nice. That's <laughs> I was front row, dude. I shook Nick McCabe's hand. I mean, right we were, it's my son's first concert. My one son. Oh, so. you took your boy with you? That's Oh, awesome, yeah. He man. was old enough, and, and it was like his first concert, dude. So I can't a- wait epic. to take my kid to a concert. Dex is only seven right now, but mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I took him to Toronto Comic Con last weekend. Nice. Which was, uh, which was super fun indeed. But most shows that come to Toronto usually end up in Detroit, you figure, too. When they're touring, but I guess they skip yeah, once in a while. It did, but it did. I mean, they're from Europe, so I don't know. They're probably like, you know, not doing a full fledged tour. But, but yeah, right. I, I went out there. It was a great memory, man. So you're I want to come out there. You're aware of the slackers, yes? Uh, Have we not discussed I, the slackers? That I'm I, not sure. That ska band that I also. Oh loved? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I, yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. you talking about them. I feel like I played them for you or something. I don't know why it sticks out the in my slackers. mind, but. Uh, I am me that. Send me that so I can listen to it while I'm Absolutely. Out. Hardest working band in the world. Uh, they're coming to Toronto for a two-night stand April either – hold on. It's, uh, it's a two-night stand in Toronto at the Horseshoe Tavern on April 6th and 7th or maybe 7th, 8th. But anyways, it's two shows that weekend. And uh, everybody needs to come out to that show because it's going to be bloody amazing. Uh, my favorite band of all time. I've had the privilege of having three of the six of them on the show here. Nice. So uh, if you kids oh, want that's, to go. Oh, uh, that's how I know. Too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you may have heard me talk to them actually. So. I have. I, so oh, there's, yeah. There's three more I have to get to collect the whole set. So uh, everybody should come <laughs> on out to that. And if they show up in Michigan, that is a band that uh, you Michiganites – have to absolutely make sure that you check out the slackers. 
Uh, but before you do that, you need to go to Kickstarter. You need to check out Staunch Ambition Issue 3. Yeah, and yeah. The number one thing I can recommend is to get one of the tiers where you get all the books. Because you're really, 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 if you just read three, you're going to end up wanting to read one and two more than anything. So, uh, you know, what else do we have to add? Tell them about all your social media, where they can check stuff out. Well, yeah, and and, and maybe put a put a bit of that song in there, man. The song uh, is playing right now. I'm we, we can't hear it because it's we're not in edit yet. But uh-huh. the people, no, right I can now, hear it. I can okay. hear it. <laughs> Why I'm writing about the future is because I live in the future, man. Um, no, so uh, yeah, the social media, everything's staunch ambition. Everything is, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You know, That's I try a nice to keep thing up. about having an original title, eh? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that, that is, nobody has taken staunch ambition. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the title is, they're, they're not, like, I guess staunch is, uh, to me, it was not that unusual of a word, but it's not mo- the most common. So putting these two words together is, yeah, it's been a blessing because how many times you go to, you know, Instagram and it's like, you can't use your title because it's there's 5,000 of them on there with different numbers. So yeah, yeah everything yeah. it's like, I'm like really awesome. You know, it's everything staunch ambition. I think there <laughs> actually, there is one other staunch ambition thing. It's some workout guy or something somewhere I've seen. And I'm like, what, how do you, where do you get that from? I think he stole it. From his own. <laughs> Imagine if he actually did like saw the comics sometimes like, you know what? That'd be good for the bro show, bro. <laughs> <laughs> bench pressing to my books very awesome uh brian thank you as always for coming on the show it's always a thrill to get to talk to you catch up and hang out uh i've been a, a, a huge fan since you first uh, put the book in my hands thank so you. C- congratulations for all the success i'm so happy that we're gearing towards issue three because that will gear towards issue four D- is there an end in sight or is there do you have a cap on this series or would you well, like to keep the, this the on plan, going the plan is to uh have a uh sub end and to do a trade of the you know beginning story here and see how things go with that so um i'm looking i mean i don't know what how many books is a trade it can be anywhere from seven eight books you know even four the a lot a lot a lot of them these days people are just well then maybe two trades yeah yeah oh this will make a stunning stunning trade too Oh, oh God! It'd be a gorgeous book to have as a trade. But so. I, I could write this for a while because it's like the, you know I told you I, the the reason the ultimate reason I'm doing this book is the overall concept of what's the implication of entering the supernatural with advanced technology is what is the most intriguing aspect that got me writing scribbling ideas in my notebook. So. That's kind of an epic story, so, but I have these, I have character arcs and all that that are just as I was developing that overall story that are just as intriguing, if not more now. So I'm going to be dealing with those and then we'll see where we go as far as with the epic story. Very cool. Uh, I appreciate your talent, Brian Lau, and uh, I can't wait Thank to you. have more of it brought out into the world. Kids, Brian E. Lau and Staunch Ambition. Go to Kickstarter now. Support issue three. Brian, uh, I will see you in Novi, Michigan at Motor City Comic Con. Yes, my Jedi Master. I look forward to it. I look forward to it like you don't believe so. <laughs> there you go, kids. Uh, that's all we're going to have this week on an elegant weapon. Take it easy.